I don't know what to say about Wagga Wagga. I don't know who's responsible for that one. Yeah. But you guys have got some good ones too, although they're similar to the ones that I can name about it because we do have a little town here in Queensland called Banana. I like that one. <laughs> Is that a banana republic? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. We've got a place called Hot got... Hazel or something like that. Um, What's that? We've got a place called Hot Hazel. Um, Hot Hazel. Wow. Is that in, in English or in Afrikaans? I can't remember. Um, I think it is in English, actually. Is it? Yeah. Two buffels met een skoot doodgeskiet. Yeah. Probably the longest name of a town. Yeah. Has it got something to do with octopus? Uh, buffels? It, it basically means two buffalo shot with one bullet. Uh-huh. That be the old town. Uh, nice. Name. Two buffalo shot with nice. one bullet. Yeah. <laughs> that's, one, that's the longest one we've got, hey? I, I think, think so, yeah. One of the one that, yeah. And then you get to Dabin. Dabin must be the shortest one. Hey, you know why you don't ask the... Uh, let me not get into that. <laughs> Please do, now that I'm recording. You know the Indians in, 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 in Durban? They always yes. talk talk with... They, they have to follow each sentence with right. You know, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that That's why they have the writer. Have you ever, have you ever gone to Durban and asked for directions? <laughs> you go left, right, then you go right, right, then you go straight, right, right, right. you go left, right, yeah. and then you, yeah, right. if Indians heard that, they would, they would laugh at it as well. They, yeah, they actually got a sense of humor. Yeah, they would, right? Yeah, right. They would, right, yeah. New Zealanders say A at everything, at the end of every sentence, but I've noticed a lot of Queenslanders do as well. So, you know, you know what I'm talking about, A. So and me and this guy, we say hey a lot. You, you guys so, say hey, yeah, yeah. But, but it's a. <laughs> so you know, it'll just be a, 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 like the right, just like the right. Yeah. But what I think, it's a confirmation. Are you listening to me? Are you on the same page? Right. Hey. Right. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's two things that's annoying about worldwide language. The one is the Australian thing. It's not so annoying. It's it's just weird when you, when you pick it up, and not all Aussies do it, but I find a lot of Aussies on TV do it. They end every sentence with a question. Yeah, it's like a, a rising. That question yeah. term. It's a lilt. A rising uh, intonation you know, at the end of the sentence. I and actually watched this thing yesterday on, um, oh, it was like Room 101 or something stupid, and it was an Aussie guy who was on there, an old cricketer, and I don't know his name, I'm sorry, but he, he wanted to put that kind of um, rising lilt at the end of sentences into Room 101. That was the thing he wanted to ban. Huh? And it was so funny. And he said it's mostly Australians who do it. But the thing is, I've heard the Brits also do it quite a lot. But it is a way to kind of say, are you with me? It's the same thing as saying hey or a or whatever, I think. i tell you what it is. They've looked into it. They've done research. What it is is, what it is is, so you shouldn't even say that. What it is, (laughs) is when people are trying to invite you into the conversation. Hello. 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 That was a very... Hello. Hello. Hi. We were just talking about trying to invite a person into the conversation, and there you were. There I am. (laughs) Speak of the devil. Exactly. Don't say that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, (laughs) I brought my, uh, my, uh, uh, laptop, and I've got uh, the pad here. Hopefully, the pad will charge up a bit more. Uh, it's it's only at fifty eight percent right now. 
I brought one of my toys. Uh, it's, uh, I can hear a piano. Uh, we, we should just yeah, mention my, uh, that it is like half an hour before midnight there. It's, it sounds like Cliff. <laughs> Cliff's carrying his piano around. <laughs> I think Cliff is watching Pinky and the Brain in the background. There. <laughs> no, they were playing. Uh, I'll, I'll Take You There by uh, uh, the Staple Sisters. Uh, they were uh, the gospel and uh, R&B. Uh, their dad was uh, actually buddies with B.B. Uh, King. He was a great guitar player. Hmm. But uh, but all the girls sang. Uh, there were th- I think it was three of them. And they were really good singers. They had a whole slew of hits in the 70s and 80s. But Pop Staples was a gospel player. And he started in like in the 40s, I think. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, guitar player extraordinaire. Uh, like I say, he, he was pals with B.B. King and all those guys. And, uh, and he was gospel. Uh, but he would, he'd play the blues too. And he played it very well. Uh, yeah, I, I brought my, uh, I got an Oxygen 25, uh, MIDI controller that, uh, I can hook up to my, uh, uh, to my laptop. And, uh, if I can get it to work right, it it, uh, it does some pretty crazy stuff. Hey, Cliff. Yeah. Can you get off Hello. my cloud? <laughs> you hear that in the background? It's get off my cloud. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Yeah, they just they just changed songs. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I get off my cloud. Yeah, they they play pretty good music over here. This is uh, Perkins. It's uh, it's a uh, well. Well, I used to go to Perkins up in Chicago, and we used to have one in Springfield. And uh, oh, I don't know about about four years ago or so, they closed the one in Springfield up, and the uh, you know, the closest one is Decatur. So uh, I, I came over this way for a change. Just uh, well, well, well. The den, the Denny's I usually go to closes up on a Friday, Friday evening, uh, at like a one thirty, something mm-hmm. like that. Because uh, they, they, uh, well, they had so many problems with drunk people coming in, and it, and it was just a really ugly mess. And, and podcasters like you, hey Cliff, can you tell us what you can get out of Perkins? What do you get? What do they serve? Oh, they have the best eggs Benedict. Are, are you uh, going to have eggs Benedict at midnight? Uh, when we finish up, I'm, I'm going to get the eggs Benedict. They're, they're just wonderful. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, they, they also have a, they, they have a, uh, they, they do smoking. They smoke the meat. So there's a, they have like a smokehouse, uh, specials too. And, uh, it's really good. But they're, 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 they're known for their, uh, baking. So, you know, their pies and they make a really nice, uh, Chicken pot pie that's just really good, and uh, you know, so so the meat pies are good, and uh, and the regular pies are too. They they have uh, you know French silk. Oh, you don't know French silk. Oh, it's it is so good. <laughs> it's a it's a fluffy uh, chocolate oh. uh, cream cream pie is oh. what it is, and it's uh, just wonderful. They have a really good one here, and uh, well, they, the food's basically good anyway. But yeah, they have a, a sausage, uh, 
Yeah, the smoked sausage is really good. Shoot me the uh, recipe. Um, Cliff, shoot me the recipe, and I'll get my cheese and kisses to whip us up one while we're recording here. What, what the, uh, uh, the uh, 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 what you call it? Uh, Eggs Benedict? The no, oh, oh. oh, oh, there's French silk. Oh, okay. Let's see what I can find. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, French silk is, Oi. yeah, that's... Uh, Fred, hook us up with some really of this silk nice. pie, will ya? French silk. Here we go. <laughs> and a coffee for Cruzy. Oh, my. And cheesecake. Yeah, here we go. Oh, cheesecake's good here, too. Uh, oh, that, oh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. I want to I wanna go to a Perkins or a Denny's with Cliff one day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be wonderful when we do. Here we go. I don't care about, I don't care about the calories or anything. That, that'll be just set aside for that day. <laughs> here we go. I'll, I'll send it to you, Garth. I watch my calories right into my mouth. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you'll like okay. that. So, um, ask ask me cool. what I had for breakfast then. What did you have for breakfast? I had marmite on toast. Oh, mm. Marmite rules splashed out. Nice. I did really. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you, Cruzy? I'll send you one too. Here. Well, 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 here, I can do it on here. It's good. It looks good, Cliff. Oh, yeah, it's marvelous. It's truly, truly lovely. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoy really enjoy it. Okay, here here we go. Money, money. Money, money. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's the original, too. Not, not, not Billy Idol. That was uh, what Tommy James and Shondells. But, uh, Prince Silk Pie. Yeah, it yeah. looks yeah, good. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's, it's marvelous. I, I uh, haven't had any for a while. It's been, it's probably been a few months. That's like a heart attack on a plate. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Especially when you're having it with eggs Benedict. (laughs) Oh, the eggs Benedict are really good too. Mm -hmm. Oh, the hollandaise sauce. uh, They they have a nice hollandaise here, Mm -hmm. and and that's good on a. That's not good just on the eggs, but it's uh, really nice on asparagus. Oh yes. Uh, I don't really like asparagus, but when you put put the hollandaise on there, it's uh, it it goes down pretty nicely. I've always avoided it because I never wanted to touch the sparrow's guts. <laughs> By the way, just so you know, Cliff, we're recording and this is going in the show, so I just thought I'd let you know. Oh, okay. That's, that's cool. That's cool. I, uh, uh, I, I'm, 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 all, I'm all for it. <laughs> So are we actually recording? Yeah. What's the deal? Yeah. Hey, obviously, obviously, folks, you're listening to Like Flint Radio, and we have the Like Flint Radio crew here. We have <laughs> we have all the way from South Africa in Cape Town. We've got Cruzy and Andy. Greetings, Andy. Greetings, Cruzy. Hello. And Cruzy just fell asleep. Cruzy. <laughs> 
I, I said hello, but I just did it very softly. I didn't want to wake you guys. <laughs> and, I mean, Cliffy's eating. Nobody shouts when Cliffy's eating. <laughs> yes, no, well, all the way, all the way from Decatur, Illinois. Yeah. From a Perkins restaurant, we have Mr. Cliff Garner. How you going, Professor? Yeah. Good, good. I also was looking at a couple jobs in Australia too, so you, you just never know. I just might end up uh, end up knocking on your door before it's all said and done. Well, you're welcome to come and you're welcome to come and stay with me. But I just let you know, um, contrary to repo- uh, reports that abound, Americans uh-huh. are most welcome here. They're very very loved here. Oh yeah, they are. particularly by oh, I've always heard that. Particularly by those yeah. Eastern Browns. Yeah. <laughs> the Eastern Browns and the Red Belly Blacks love Americans yeah. because see they go wandering off into the bush and they got no idea what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have any idea what I'm doing in the bush either. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the. Uh, I, I'm not the most outdoorsy. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I get by all right. I, I don't mind getting my hands dirty. It's just uh, I. I uh, I don't know. I'm just not the best at like you know putting tents up like that. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know that kind of thing. Uh, just uh, what just happened? Just there? What just happened? There? <laughs> uh, slip of the tongue. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh boy. But yeah, the, the, with the uh, camping, uh, I I I enjoy it when I end up doing it, but. I think I got burned out when I was a teenager. My my dad uh, bought a bought one of those uh, those camper trailers. Mm-hmm. It was a nice one too. And we uh, we spent a whole summer in that thing. And uh, mm-hmm. and we yeah we did a couple Christmases with it. We did a. Did a lot of other things with it. You know, it was just one of those things. So we did it so much, I think I got a little sick of it. Wow. And, uh, but, but as far as it goes, I don't mind being out in nature. Uh, it's just, uh, living in it. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I think the guys upstairs just woke up. <laughs> you know what? I went, I went, can I tell you a story? Yeah. Mm. I went camping once and they said to me, um, I said to them, where's all the food? And they said, no, there's plenty of food in nature. There's a river, there's plenty of food in the river. And I was thinking to myself, there better be cows in that river. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you could always just kind of pull one out like a bear. I'll, cut, I'll catch you myself. <laughs> I'm going to guess you weren't having hippo for supper. Hippo's going to have us for supper. <laughs> That's what I was going to mm. say. <laughs> Lesson number one: you cannot run a hippo. I mean, this yeah. is a little, this is a little aside, but I mean, my dad, um, back in the day, he was a real bush baby, and I don't know, he had daughters, so 
that was sad for him because none of us could care less about the bush. But um, he loved the bush and um, his training, he had some training, um, which is called slew scout training. Um, G will know about them. And um, basically he was just dropped off in a very remote place for, I don't know, it was a long time. And he literally had like a pen knife and a box of matches and he had to survive. So, yeah. He told us all sorts of crazy stories about how to survive in the bush. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Salu Scouts were the top of the tree of special forces in Rhodesia at the time. So, yeah. And that's how they trained them. They just dropped them off in a remote location, like, like Andy just said, with a minimal of equipment and said, see you in a week's time. If you survive, you're in. If you don't, well, you know, we'll put you in the band or something. <laughs> And my dad couldn't sing. <laughs> yeah, I know. So he had that kind of training. And um, he was never Salou Scout himself, but um, he did have the training. So, yeah, he was very good and a very good tracker. So, yeah. Anyway, that's an aside. Sorry. Just letting you know. Yeah. Well, my, my father-in-law, he was a bushman, and he, he would go out for weeks at a time. And... Um, you could you, you knew when he was coming home because you could smell him from a mile away because he, he was fed and come, when he went out in the bush he was a bushman, and he'd come home and have a shower and then you know. <laughs> Back to reality. Mm. Mm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, I, I I can't say I care much for the bush. I certainly don't like bugs. <laughs> I don't like mosquitoes. So. Oh, um, oh I hate, I this hate is mosquitoes. a side. Hey, can you hear this? Jake, mate, what do you want to yeah. do tonight? Every night, Pinky, try to take over the world. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll try. Can it's you hear that at all? Eh? Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. So, no, that's cool. That was good. I liked it. Shall I play so you my kuja. While you play your story. While you. <laughs> Come on, Crazy. Where's a Wimbawa? It's coming. Come on. We should have told you your camping stories now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was camping in the backyard one day. <laughs> and when it got dark and the baked beans ran out, I banged on the back door and begged for them to let me back in. But mum said, no, we've given your dinner to the dog. You stay out there. You want to learn how to be in the bush, you stay out there in that little pup tent. And that was my camping experience.
um, what I was going to chat about is just um, what's been happening probably over the last, I don't know, a week to 10 days, I guess. But um, it's been quite prominent in the news and um, certainly online news. And also uh, a little bit on Facebook, uh, Cruzy, I think, posted something the other day, if I'm not mistaken, about a meme that was going around by a guy by the name of, uh, I think it's Villa. Let me just get his name, actually, because I can't remember offhand. Villapi. Villapi uh, is a Kamalo. Yeah. He is an employee of the ANC, and he's with one of the, the ministries, as far as I understood. But he was responding, I think, to something else that happened, and I will read what happened uh, after this. But he had put out something that basically said the following, and I'm reading it as he's written it. Um, he just says, I want to cleanse this country of all white people. We must act as Hitler did to the Jews. I don't believe any more that the is a large number of not-so-racist wit people. I'm starting to be skeptical even of those within our movement, the ANC. I will from today unfriend all white people I have as friends. From today, you must be put under the same blanket as any other racist white because secretly you are all a bunch of racist beep heads as we have already seen. So this was something that he put out, and it went on his Facebook. Is that right, Chrissy? And um, he was he was responding to something that another lady had put out by the name of Penny Sparrow. She is an estate agent, and she was responding to something that happens every year. And as I mentioned this to G the other day, I said, you know, we see this across the world, um, particularly in things like uh, New Year's parties and uh, stuff like that. You see uh, revelers out on the street. They all get drunk. Um, they litter the streets. They leave the streets in absolute mayhem, and it just looks absolutely awful. And I always just think, you know, why do people think that's okay? I mean, it really does leave everything so dirty and littered and horrible, and somebody else has got to come and clean all of that up. Well, I think this woman was trying to respond to a similar situation on our beaches. Unfortunately, she made it very racist, and so it became all about black people um, on the beaches. I'm going to read you what she said, and I just want to see if I can find that as well quickly. Must I sing so long? While you look for that, yeah. while you're looking for that, Andy, can I just yeah. comment here? The guys in good company, especially today, uh, as far as one group of people wanting to wipe out another group of people, um, because uh, Hitler's Adolf Hitler's uh, Mein Kampf has just been re-released for the first time in Germany today, right? Oh um, cop- copies of Adolf Hitler's manifesto Mein Kampf are in high demand after bookstores in Germany began selling the book for the first time in 70 years. Hmm. A new edition of Mein Kampf is being published in Germany after decades of debate on whether it could fuel neo-Nazi sentiment. Demand for the edition on day one has far outstripped supply. Under German law, copyright expires at the end of the year, 70 years after the author's death. In this case, April 30, 1945. So Bavaria's state finance ministry can no longer use it to prevent the book's publication. So... If you're looking for a, a bit of a guide on for one group wanting to wipe out another group, this guy's in good company. And I'll just say that I think that uh, racism in any shape or form is actually used as a weapon to divide us as, 
as human beings, right? Because we really are all part of the human race. Let's be honest. We all are. It doesn't matter. You you cut us and we all bleed red, you know? And, and so that I see that anything like this, it doesn't matter who it's from or whoever, whoever it's aimed at, um, behind it, the bigger picture is, okay, so that's horrible for a start. I should say that, but behind it, the bigger picture is it's the division of people. They're just trying to divide us all up and turn us against each other and, um, create hatred because that's what, you know, the enemy, uh, and the God of this world would prefer. He'd prefer us all to be hating each other and, um, wanting to, uh, attack people on the most base grounds, the color of their skin, the way they talk, their funny accents, anything like that. Their religion. You know what I mean? So their religion, their religion, all of those things just to divide us and, and, um, and to make hate grow and, uh, cause division. But anyway, so I just thought I'd throw that in there because I heard that on the news today. Andy, so sorry, back to you. Yeah, no, I mean, it's absolutely right. I think what you're saying is absolutely right. And it creates this kind of, um, us them mentality, which is terrible. The moment we kind of do that, we create right. this divide, no matter what it is. So, right. um, and it really is, is very unhelpful. Um, this lady Penny Sparrow, this is how she actually responded to the situation. And really, I think had she just gone, look, I mean, it happens everywhere. And if she had just seen that rather than seeing it as a black and white thing, I think it would have been okay. But the fact is she really didn't do this very well. So this is what she wrote. She said, these monkeys that are allowed to be released on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day onto public beaches, towns, etc., obviously have no education whatsoever. So to allow them loose is inviting huge dirt and troubles and discomfort to others. I'm sorry to say I was amongst the revelers, and all I saw were black-on-black skins. What a shame. I do know some wonderful, thoughtful black people. This lot of monkeys just don't want to even try. But I think they can voice opinions about statute. Now, I think she means the statues, um, because we've also had a whole other issue with uh statues that are kind of our old colonial type statues that have been um, kind of in the news as well and um, we've had this whole campaign of various things having to fall including those statues so she says she thinks they can voice opinions about the statues and get away and get their way dear oh dear from now I shall address the blacks of South Africa as monkeys, as I see the cute little wild monkeys do the same, pick, drop, and litter. So that was her comment. And, of course, South Africa erupted um, in how dare she and how could she and et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, we get someone like uh, Mr. Kumalo, who put up his comments in reaction to that. Um, he's just been suspended from his party, the ANC, um, it's, it's made South Africans generally overly sensitive. It's not the first time it's happened, but it's, it's kind of becoming more and more prominent, I actually think. I don't know. What do you think, Chrissy? I, th- I think it's two old different situations. The one, uh, sure, the, the lady, she, the, that was a racist comment by, by her, no, no problem. But to respond to that and to call for genocide, right? that's taking it to a whole new level. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. It, it's it, you can't compare the two. It's, it's two old different um, things. 
I think the thing that perhaps we can compare, what we can actually say is true of both, is that in both cases she she calls all blacks monkeys and she refers to all of them. So there's this kind of blanket statement about it. And then Mr. Kamalo, in his comments, also decides that all whites must be racist. And so those are the two things that I think we could probably say are similar However, the the after effect, as you say, because he's now calling for genocide, takes it to another level. But back to you, Cruzy. Um Well, I, I don't really. I was just thinking, <laughs> what would happen if we if we were to say all Australians are a bunch of monkeys? <laughs> would be would we be racist? <laughs> well, I don't know. Would but you we be know? racist, or would we just be South Africans? We're just supporting our teams. Yeah. No, look, no. I, I, I think <clears throat> I think I prefer to hear us described as being bronzed, all with blonde hair, blue eyes, and carrying a surfboard. I think that's more suitable. <clears throat> oh my goodness! Sorry. Um, and Cliff, what about on the topic of um, like this racial topic that we're discussing here? Um, mm-hmm. it, it's still a it's still an issue in the United States, isn't it? Really? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. And well, well, you know, that was one of the things about uh when, uh, when when Obama was elected president, uh, we we thought that he would actually uh, do something, and uh, he has been uh, he has been pretty much neglectful of the whole issue. Uh, he he's been con- pretty much content to hand it over to the uh, the usual culprits uh, like uh, Jesse Jackson and uh, Reverend Sharpton, and uh, let them kind of run with it. And 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 that that's really not. What we had in mind when he got elected, you know, it was like we thought that he would actually open the dialogue. And, you know, it, it, there was that, that incident where he sat down with that one, that one fellow, uh, um, oh goodness, there, 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 there was, uh, a fireman or something. I don't, I don't remember, but, but, you know, it was one of these, uh, Things it was potentially a, a thing he could have actually done something with, and he didn't really take much advantage of it. Um, and and like I say, he's been uh, very neglectful of actually doing anything. Uh, if anything, he's made it worse because now nobody talks. Right. Uh, right. and, and, and that's, that's what I've seen after I came back from overseas, you know. I, and I, I'd heard that it was getting to the point where, you know, pe- people were just throwing the word racist, you know, out for just the most mm-hmm. bizarre things. If you didn't agree with Obama 100% on everything, they called you a racist. Right. And, uh, so, you know, I, I'm glad I missed that. Uh, I really am. And, uh, so now that I'm here, uh, nobody even, bothers going there, uh, really, to speak of. But, you know, there's, there's times it should be addressed. Mm. And, 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 you know, we had that incident that happened in Charlotte. And, and, and now that was a moment to be proud. Mm. Because, uh, you had, you had this, uh, this kid that, uh, had the earmarks of being a white supremacist. And he mm. went into a black church and started shooting. And he killed he killed a, a number of uh, of people in the church. And then when all the when all the usual culprits came, you know Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, the people there told him, "Go away, we don't want you." Right. 
So what they did to try to stir things up between the races, this is really kind of remarkable because it really does address the fact that the government just seems to want to take this this uh, idea of dividing the races and run with it. Because instead of letting it go, oh, what they did is they started up an issue with a Confederate flag. And that's still going. Mm. And, and as far as it goes, you know, I, uh, I spent a lot of time in the South. And uh, the the clan was really bad down there, and, and and you know it's still there. I mean, but it, you know they're everywhere too. You know, I mean it's not like that they're the, as big as they used to be or anything like that. But but you know the thing is, is the South isn't what it was back in the seventies. Hmm. And uh, I, I I used to I used to get really nervous because I grew my hair long. Uh, oh, about 73, 72, 73, right around in there. And I used to get followed, you know, like when we'd get out, we'd stop at, you know, for gas or go to a restaurant or something. These punks would follow me, you know, these little redneck kids. And they'd pop off at me, you know, like, hey, look at the pretty girl over there, you know, things like this, you know. And, and you know, I, I actually heard that. And, uh, <clears throat> That that was that was South, you know, in the early seventies, and and it was even worse for black folks. But uh, it's changed. It, it's not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it's. I mean, it's not perfect. It's not. It's not even good at times. I mean, sometimes it's just terrible. But you know, the thing is, is it's come a long way, and nobody nobody wants to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. You see, this is a problem the left has. They can't admit that they have had any success because the minute they start saying things are getting better, then people will stop listening to how serious they think everything is. So everything has to be an emergency or it has to be a catastrophe or it has to be uh, practically an apocalypse. You know, I mean, look at Al Gore, you know, with his, with his nonsense with the... With the global global warming, global cooling, global but whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Let's prove that there's actually some significant change in what what kind of direction it's taking before we start just riding with something. He he invested tons of money in, in the whole global warming idea. Now they've gone to more of a climate change. He's starting to lose money. Mm-hmm. And he finally had to come out on a TV over here. I think I mentioned it to Garth a little while back, but he had to come out on TV over here and, and actually explain that uh, that uh, uh, ethanol, you know, gasohol, uh, is not working, and it, it's it's not cost efficient, and it's 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 something that they should just drop because he he got in a lot of trouble over that. A lot, a lot of people are pointing the fig, finger at him, saying, "You know, you lied to us." And that, now he's now he's now he's a truth teller. Well, well it's a little late. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so you know, there, there, there's there's all this kind of stuff over here, and uh, it, it it's not uh, not being approved upon. I mean, look look, look at uh, look at Trump. You know what he's doing. And uh, and Andy uh, asked me about Trump uh, when it first really started up, and, and 
she was like, well, do you take them seriously? And at the time, I didn't. And uh, now I have to say, well, you know, he's uh, he's getting traction. And, and the thing here is, is that the thing that they won't, the things, I should say, they won't address are really where he's making the traction. It isn't so much this, uh, this, the idiotic idea of putting a fence up over the Mexican border. You know, that, that, that wouldn't, it wouldn't do the job anyway. But, uh, I, I went to one of his, one of his speeches. He, uh, he came to Springfield and, and he set, in fact, he, he smashed the record for the number of people in, in, in the convention center in Springfield. I mean, he he didn't just break the record. He he destroyed it. He almost doubled it. Wow. And I saw some good, really good concerts in there. You know, things like Queensrÿche and stuff. You know, and they that they actually brought a pretty big audience. And uh, and he he uh, way ahead of that. Way way. Ahead of but but the thing that, that he's resonating with are more of the bread and butter issues that, that neither party wants to address. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he uh, he really got people's attention with is that he he wants to penalize any company that takes jobs away from America and sends them overseas. Wow. And he's not really too worried about them as long as they don't bring the products back in. But if they start to bring them across the border, he wants to hit them with huge tariffs. And that is resonating. In fact, the union people kind of like that one. Wow. Oh yeah. So uh, if they're not, if the two parties are not going to address those kinds of issues, they're in real trouble. Mm-hmm. They're in real serious trouble. And uh, and I and he's the only one talking about it. The only one. That. That takes him from being just an average demagogue and into the territory of being a very serious demagogue. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling good about that at all. Mm. I, I don't like the two parties, but you know, I, I look at uh, what he could be representing. You know, underneath of a, uh, you know his initial coming in mm-hmm. and, and that could that could actually be very scary uh, to be fair to him if we look at uh, our, our US history we did have a president that uh, that did do pretty much what he did too and his name was FDR mm-hmm. and, and FDR uh, some people thought was a get demagogue also. And he proposed a lot of things that turned out to be unconstitutional. But he still managed to do a lot of things that, uh, and, and we can argue whether they're good or bad, but, but he managed to get them done. And, uh, and he ramrodded them through. Uh, this is the kind of thing that we might be seeing here again. And, uh, I, like I say, I don't know that it's all good. It, it might not be all bad. I'm, I'm hoping it won't be. Uh, you know, even, even the worst, uh, 
the worst uh, presidents we've had over here. I, I, I look at them and it's like, what a bunch of idiots. You know, it's just a, it's like a parade of fools, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, we got Obama who's really, really pretty much adult. <laughs> I mean, 20, how many states did he say we had? Uh, 50, 56? <laughs> oh, come on. You heard Bush it here, said, folks. If, people, if, if like Bush would have said that, if Bush would have said that, people would have laughed and laughed and laughed. That would have been all over the place. But they, they, they covered it over, over here, you know. But I know uh, isn't he counting Afghanistan and Iraq as well? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Yemen, uh, where else has he had wars at? Uh, Mali, uh, Uganda. Uh, I'm just saying maybe it's not an accident. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I have the feeling maybe he, uh, yeah, Pakistan. Yeah, he's counting those as states because our soldiers go in and shoot people. Uh, um. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And maybe Turkey's a state, you know. <laughs> he, uh, he surely, uh, he's surely doing a lot of, uh, Erdogan's bidding now. Uh, it's like the tail wagging the dog. But at any rate, uh, he has not been the, the brightest president we've ever had. He, he, he's really not that smart. And neither was Bush. And then we look at, uh, look at Clinton. You know, I mean, what, I, he made me think of Jimmy Swaggart. Remember him? <laughs> oh my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, oh, I'm so much bad things to my family. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Go to another prostitute, okay? And, uh, you know, and, and, and he, he got that whole, that whole speech from Swaggart, you know, that whole, I'm, I'm so sorry thing <laughs> and crying and stuff. I mean, uh, that was, uh. and then, then he had, uh, he had Bush one and he was a joke too. Reagan, who, uh, probably, probably didn't make any decisions the last year that he was in office. You know, I mean, it, it just it's just a cavalcade of fools, you know. And, and and I look at those guys, it's like, man, it's a wonder this one didn't tear the country apart, but they didn't manage to do that. It's lived, you know. We've managed to get through it. I, I don't know how sometimes. <laughs> and we had we had a, you know, people get surprised. I I, I criticize uh, uh, Reagan very strongly for deindustrializing us but he didn't start it in fact carter probably didn't even start it but carter it picked up with carter that's where a lot of that comes from and it all goes back to the days when uh, nixon went it snuck into china oh, wow. <laughs> you know so well i'm i'm sure that crazy could tell you a few stories about our our president i think if our president yeah. and your president were uh, kind of having to have a competition Mm-hmm. Um, I I'll wonder who it win in terms of brightness. I think yours would. I, I really do. <laughs> Listen, our president... Uh, uh, you guys have shown me some stuff, and it's like, my goodness. Our huh? president thinks that Africa is the biggest continent in the world. That, well, Africa. <laughs> Africa. So, all yeah. the continents can fit snugly into Africa. That's right. 
This is the quote by him, by the way. He says, this continent, Africa, is the biggest... This was to a group of uh, international uh, people. And uh, he said that this continent, Africa, is the biggest continent in the world, not separated even by a river. Rivers... Rivers really? that are. This no, is no, serious. No, this happened not in by a river, huh? Not even by a river. <laughs> rivers that are there flow with the continent. They do not cut it into half or quarter. Mm. All continents put together will fit in to Africa. We, we've got some really special, special uh, politicians. Uh, uh, there was the one, the one from the Eastern Cape, uh, the Minister of Water Affairs that. Um, somebody complained, you know, asked her about the, um, why the, you know, the dams are so empty because of the drought and so on. And she said, well, if the old government just built the dams a little bit smaller, they would have been fuller and we would have had plenty of water. <laughs> and the old government built the dams to be. That was 20 years ago. The old government was 20 years ago, right? <laughs> and she's a special, special person. Uh, but that's hilarious. Mm. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's really special. Mm. Yeah. I just, we want to make you feel better, Cliffy, about, you know, what was really going on in the U.S. Because honestly, uh, we don't feel yeah. terribly special, but at least we can talk about it. Because there's very little else we can our, do. Our president doesn't have a high school education. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, he makes, uh, he makes Obama look like a genius. Mm. Yeah, our, 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 he really does. Our friend Julius Malema, he failed wood, woodworking. Um, woodworking. Yeah. Woodwork. Where did you find that out, Um <laughs> Working with it's, wood. <laughs> he failed woodworking, so he didn't make high school either. Oh my! Oh my! Uh, uh-huh. I, yeah. No. No. He look. He, he apparently did start uni, so I think he must have done something. But, um, yeah, I don't know how far he got with that. Well, I don't believe in pl- uh, career politicians. Uh, <laughs> there are some things that uh, I should be kind of a basic. Uh, and uh, I, I do think uh, a certain amount of school is probably one of those. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. And, and you, know, you know, with Obama, though, at least we have a guy that... Uh, we think uh, we're not really sure, but we think he's educated. <laughs> he, uh, but we've well, well, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, everything about him is is kind of dicey. You know, uh, we really don't know for sure a whole lot. You know, we got we got a birth certificate that's obviously been tampered with. You know, I mean, back back in. He was what, born in '62, I think. Guys, and and, and I'm we sorry. Are back Cliff, Cliff. Yeah. Yes. Just before you launch into this, I'm just letting you know we're definitely going to get emails over this one, and they're definitely uh, okay. got to be sent to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll field them. I, I don't have a problem with it. But but the thing is, is that he uh, he's got this birth certificate that. And, and you know most of the most of the facts are probably true. You know he probably was born in Hawaii. I, I'm not really worried about it. I mean, there's no way they're going to remove him from office before before uh, you know he's finished with his term anyway. You know, so the truthers, you know, on that, you know, the birthers, you know, they're, they're wasting their time. 
But the thing is, is that they do have a point. You know, this this birth certificate is obviously a fake because there's no way they would have said African on the birth certificate for his his race. They just wouldn't have done that. Wow. It would have been it would have been colored, and that's that's the words they used back then. But whoever put it together probably couldn't find it in themselves to use that old term, you know. And <laughs> it, it, but it puts the lie to the fact that that they were they're saying that's a real birth certificate. No, it's not. It, it's a fake. It, it's not even a good copy. Well, what's the the latest story coming out now about uh, Obama maybe maybe heading up the UN soon? He might be heading where? Heading up the United Nations soon. <laughs> um, you think the UN will take him? I didn't actually read the article today, but it came out today, and I sort of just glanced at it. Um, but it's just. Really, uh, it I don't up. think that. I don't think they'd put him as the head of the UN. I mean, too many people know what he's been doing in Africa. Well, he won one war after another. Yeah, I don't think that matters to people. It's about popularity. Uh, oh, I don't know. I I know that I know that people in the Middle East are really upset with him nowadays. They they started. See, the thing is, he he started off on a really good note with the Middle East, and uh, and he blew it. Hmm. He really blew it. Um, they were hoping he was Muslim. <laughs> They really were, and uh, and and I, I talked to people, you know, over there, and it's like, okay, now let's 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 go to to the fact here. Is there such thing as a secret Muslim? And Muslims would tell you, no, there isn't. Uh, according to their own theologians, the only time that you're you're supposed to be uh, denying the faith is if your life is in danger. That's the only time. Hmm. You know, they, they don't they don't have martyrs the way we do. They have martyrs, but, you know, that go out in the battle and fight and die. But they don't die upholding the faith that way. Now, but but you are supposed to uphold the faith unless your life is in danger. If your life is in danger, then you, you can deny it. You can you can become a fake Christian for a little while, but it's only under those circumstances. And so, you know, and I point that out to them, and they're like, yeah, that's right. It's like, okay, now look at Mr. Obama. Is his life in danger? They're like, not like that. I said, yeah, because now he, if he was a Muslim before, he has converted to Christianity. He's been publicly saying that he's a Christian. He should have, by all rights, he should have a death sentence uh, hanging over him. In, in Muslim countries, <clears throat> and I understand some of them actually have, have threatened that, and and it's because he's an apostate. So, you know, I I, I argue with my brother Chris on this all, all the time, and he's like, "Oh, he's a Muslim." It's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. Whatever he is, I don't know, but I do know the other thing: he's not a Muslim. So you know that that's uh, that's that's kind of where it goes, you know. And then then you get all the people who say he's the Antichrist. 
they're running out of time. <laughs> hey, yep. And unless, unless, uh, unless, like Cruz is saying, uh, he ends up ahead uh, of the UN. I don't, I don't see that though. I, I don't think, I don't think the rest of the world wants him. Just for interest, like the thing about uh, uh, the Muslims and lying. Um, mm-hmm. they, oh, Takia? Takia is uh, uh, yeah, kind of a and the uh, interesting thing. The Takia is if you um, to preserve your life basically, and the Kitman when you um, to to advance the, the you know if you lie to advance the goals of Islam. Um, that's if I've got it right. Yeah. Well. Well, it's so really debatable whether he's actually advanced the goals of yeah. Islam. Really, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he's been getting, pushing Islam really well? I think he's been very nice to it. But but, but if you think about it, uh, uh, just think I, about I think it. he's actually made him look terrible. Uh, actually, he's, he's he's sort of got to appease them in a way. That, uh, you know, you're sitting in you're sitting as president of the country. You don't want. You don't want people attacking uh, attacking your country left, right, and center, um, you know, with you know suicide bombers or whatever. You oh know. no! Gotta, oh no! Got to sort of try and keep in the good books in a way. I, I don't think that's what he's doing, actually. Uh, you know, uh, you know, even with this, uh, uh, you know, everybody was talking about how all those young men. Uh, it's like okay, fine, but you know, the women tend to be kind of hidden. You know, they, they do tend to hide their women. So when you got people out in the streets yelling and screaming, you know, usually you usually don't have a bunch of women out there. What you have is a bunch of men. And they tend to be pretty conspicuous, you know. I mean, because they, 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 their, their vituperation is uh, pretty uh, volu- uh, voluminous, you know. You hear them, you know. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I understand why people say that. And I, I understand... Uh, I understand the concern, but you know, when it gets right down to it, uh, by 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 the so many Muslims being moved out of the Middle East, it actually presents the church with a great opportunity to move in and start talking to these people. Mm. And the one thing that that I don't think that uh, that Islam could well, there's two things I don't think Islam could stand against. One of them is Israel. And the other is a church that is actually doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. And, and I think between those two things, I think Islam is, is pretty much done. And uh, and, and I, I have a feeling that we're going to see more and more Christians standing up and actually doing what they should be doing and promote the faith. You know, the, the, one, the one thing that we were given was the uh, Great Commission. And the, the church has been remiss in that for so long. That uh, it, it, especially in the Middle East, that it needs to it needs to stand up, and be counted, and and you know that's the thing. Right now, right now, there are more Muslims converting to Christianity than ever before, and and it's it's incredible. In fact, uh, it's probably outstripping the number of uh, conversions that are being done in the West to Islam. And that should be something we should be thinking about. When I was when I was in Turkey, there were a lot of secret Christians there, and there are a lot of them in all the other countries too. I, I've been I've been hearing all about it, and you know, the tide is changing. 
Yeah. Now, now, what what uh, what Obama's done with the Muslims? I, I I think you're right. I think he's used crazy. I think he's using them really badly. And when we take a look at something like Benghazi, the only thing that 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 makes sense out of that, you know, because it was all supposedly over a movie, a very bad movie. And and my buddy in uh, in uh, Egypt, he was he was like, well, we should protect our prophet. And I said, you know something. You're, you're actually attacking a movie that isn't very well done. Does it occur to you that maybe you're being manipulated? And he, he, he had to say he didn't think of it that way before. Well, and I think that that was a huge manipulation to make Muslims look bad. I really do. might interest you, Cliff, uh, because I know you've lived in China. Uh, it involves infant formula. You know, baby food is is sort of uh, what you might call it, but infant formula. Um, there's a bit of a shortage of it in Australia because a lot of it's being sent to China because the Chinese themselves don't trust their own uh, product, right? So they're sourcing it from Australia. Um, we send a lot of fresh food and uh, manufactured food to Asia, and uh, Australia has a big market in Asia for our food uh, because uh, it's trusted. We have uh, very, very high standards in the production of food. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, I'll get to it in a moment, but um, Australia is actually seeing a bit of a shortage on canned uh, in formula. And supermarkets are limiting how many cans you can buy per day. And the reason is that... Um, people are buying it, so the people in China are getting their relatives here to buy it and send it, you know, personally to China. So there's a couple of supermarket chains that are living, limiting you to four, four cans a day. So what's happened is, I saw this on the news, uh, a couple of hours just before I came on here. So what's happening is there's all these, uh, in one street in Melbourne, these 10 pop-up shops have just popped up uh, out of nowhere and what they do is basically sell uh, infant formula and the majority of their customers are Chinese Australians right because they they're selling it very expensive like a, a tin once it ends up in um, uh, a tin might cost you about 24 25 dollars Australian once it gets to China it's worth a hundred dollars a can right so they've got all of these people trying to buy Ooh, as much as they market. can yeah yeah, and they're sending teams of people into the supermarket to buy the four cans at a time, and uh, and they're selling it through other means, right? Now, here's the point. What's the big deal you're saying? The big deal is this. A, Australians are having struggling to get um, infant formula for their babies, for their own children. So people are complaining to the manufacturers, you know, uh, produce more, and the manufacturers are run running at full tilt. Hmm. Here's the whole point. This is the whole point why I'm sharing this with you. Some of these shops are only selling it to you if you are of Chinese or extraction or Chinese Australian. 
So one of the headlines in the newspaper said, no infant formula for you, mate. So if you look uh, Anglo, Anglo-Celtic Australian, like the bronze Aussie we talked about before, they won't sell you any cans of infant formula. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, that's uh, that's incredible. That's a low blow. Why would they do that? Yeah. Well, it's, that's actually racist. That, that, well, that's why I thought I'd bring it up because we're talking about the racism thing. Um, it's sort of been right. a theme so far yeah. uh, with um, yeah, with uh, uh, Andy and you mentioned it, and, and I asked you about it, Cliff. And um, yeah, well, that, that is racist. I mean, you know, you're, 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 not only that, it, anytime you involve children, people get really, really, really worked up. That, well, that's, well, yeah, that's, that's uh, right because that's a big mistake. That's right, and there's there's uh, like sort of uh, Anglo appearance Australians going into these shops thinking they're going to be able to buy their formula, and they're being told, "No, not for you." Uh huh. That that won't last very long. <laughs> But it's been made in Australia. But it is Australian-made uh-huh. product. And what, what what these pop-up shops are for, they're for the people who've got uh, relatives in China. So you go you buy a can for 20 bucks, they'll sell you as many as you like. Uh, the supermarket's li- limiting it to four per person. Four per person per day. But these guys will sell you as much as you can walk out the door with. This is my understanding. And knowing right. that you're going to send it to China. Yeah. yeah. I I I, I would I would it. say the government probably going to shut them down. Don't be surprised they do. Well, that's, I think once word gets out, that's uh, what will happen. But at the moment, at the moment, it's happening. Right. Um, that, right. Well, yeah, they'll they'll do it as long as they can get away with it. Uh, really yeah. quick. Yeah. What I'll do, uh, what I'll do is I'll put a I'll put a link to the story in the show notes so people can have a look at uh, it for themselves and decide for themselves. But um, it, it looks pretty bad, but what they showed on the news today, yeah. in this article, they said there's four, four of these pop-up shops, but today they said there was in one street in Melbourne, there was 10, and they're right beside the uh-huh. supermarket that sell, sells these uh, the formula. And I think the right. idea is they're send, sending teams of people in to buy their four cans per day. Right. Um, I think you might enjoy this one, Cruzy, and um, just jump in. Oh, there you go. Nice intro music there, thank, I love thank, it. Thank you, Cliff, for the <laughs> intro to GK's next subject. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a magic magic prayer shawls, uh, Cruzy, because I'll, um, I was watching uh, TV the other morning, an early morning Christian program, and there was a well-known uh, Christian preacher on this program, and he had a, another guy sitting there, and they were chatting. Now, for the sake of those people... At, who might be offended about this topic, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but everyone in the whole world will understand who it is. But I can understand people won't want me to be talking about this topic because they'll see me attacking this very, very special person that many, many people love. In fact, uh, you know, I have family members who love this person. So we'll just say in a, a, a guy that's on uh, American Christian channels, quite often the whole world knows him. Now, he had this other guy sitting there and I only caught 10 minutes of it. But, you know, I, it, it's the reason why I... Um, what The topic they were talking about and the way they were approaching it is the very reason that I and my wife and, uh, and, and my immediate family have decided to move away from, you know, I'm going to call it the extreme end of the charismatic Pentecostal movement, okay? So what they were saying was, 
uh, the discussion was partly a little bit about, you know, Christian topics and biblical topics, and it didn't sound too bad until it came to the end. And the end part was that if you send this guy a thousand dollars, he will send you a prayer shawl, right? Now, mm-hmm. now, what the, a bargain. Well, it's a bargain, <laughs> isn't it, really? But the thing is, what this, pr- <laughs> the, the, what this prayer shawl can do, wait till you hear this, this is great because we should be, we should be buying, you know, millions of them to be honest, but, but, okay, so one guy's saying, look, um, uh, the Lord has just revealed it to me now that there's, uh, 50 people out there and you will, you're going to send $50, uh, uh 50 of you are going to send $1,000 each and, uh, pastor beside me is going to send you a prayer shawl. And he said, yeah, he said, I've got some. They're upstairs. You know, I've got them. I can send them. And he said, well, oh, we didn't set this up. We didn't arrange this, but I just know that there's 50 people who are going to send. And he said, you know what? If you haven't got a thousand dollars, there's another a hundred people out there. No, sorry. He said, there's another thousand people out there who are going to send us a hundred dollars and, uh, we will send you this lovely, uh, CD. And the other guy goes, oh yes, I love that song. I love waking up and singing to that song. You're going to love this song. Okay, so for a grand, you get a prayer shawl, or for a hundred bucks, you get a CD. But the thing that was amazing was, the guy that was doing the talking knew that there were 50 people out there that were going to send in the thousand dollars. Now, what this prayer shawl does, and this is what he said, if you have a drug addicted son, for example, when he comes in the door, you throw this prayer shawl over him, and he will be healed of his drug addiction, because the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon him, and he will be healed of his drug addiction. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, what? Wow. They, it's amazing. Look, <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, what they must have been getting at was Acts, Acts 19, right? Um, and it's uh, the part where Paul is at Ephesus. And I'll just read a couple of verses so everyone is on the same page. Uh, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. Now that's uh, in Acts chapter 19. Um, the day after I saw this on TV, I was talking to my brother-in-law about it. Now he goes to one of these, I'm going to say it, extreme Pentecostal slash charismatic churches. And he was wondering what I saw wrong with it. And I said to him, hey, one thing is they weren't selling Paul's hankies. Okay, they were given away. Well, there's also there's also no nothing in the, in the scripture to indicate that it's uh, that it's supposed to be normative for today. Um, you can't. Uh, how do you take one verse like that or one instance like that and say that's supposed to happen today? Well, then go build an ark, because there's that thing. <laughs> you, you make a very good point, and I'll tell you something else that's not in there, Cruzy. It's this. Um, it doesn't say that Paul prayed over those items, right? And for example, I know I didn't look at the Greek, what the Greek word is, but in the English translation that says handkerchiefs, um, perhaps it was a used one. I'm not being, I'm not being facetious here. I'm being deadly serious. Perhaps it was a used handkerchief <laughs> that he had used and thrown away, and people had picked it up and taken it, and, it, and a miracle had happened from that, right? I mean, so what? It's in the Bible. It's there. But how do you get from that to selling these prayer shawls for a grand that? You know, this particular pastor has blessed or prayed over or whatever he does with them. How do you, how do those two things, 
how, you know, what's the common factor in those two things? Because I tell you what's not common: one's being sold, and the other one was given away. Well, it, it's 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 very close to witchcraft, isn't it? Well, it can be, yeah, because but, uh, yeah, but yeah. Then, Go on. If you have cajole God into into doing something by by buying trinkets and and things like that, that's the that's the that's witchcraft. That's not Christianity. But there's also that that uh, that verse that they use that um, the King James version um, stated it differently from all the other from all the other Bibles, and um, I, I'm I, I'm not I'm going to sort of paraphrase now, but it, it says something to the effect of if two of you agree touching anything. Now they misused from the 70s. They they misused that verse. Now the the verse in in, in other versions says regarding anything. Now they misused that verse from the seventies. People, Peter Popoff, and all those guys, and they just say, "Put your hand on my hand on the TV, and you will get healed." And they took it as literally touching, touching something. And then he started selling his his oil and sending his oils to you and his footprints and and all kinds of stuff. And it's just scripture twisting, you know, to the you know the best of scripture twisting ever. Yes, because it's a misunderstanding of the of a. Four or five hundred year old, four hundred and something year old word, right? Touching. That's what they would have said it touching on regarding. Okay. Back in that day, as you guys know, I'm, I'm doing this complete series on the history of the King James Bible. Um, and we'll, <coughs> oh, did you fall over, Andy? Bless you. It, it wasn't a gun. It was fine. Okay. Everything's okay. Um, yes. I thought somebody sneezed. I thought all those were. <laughs> She, need, she needed a handkerchief. Send it to somebody. You can <laughs> money. Oh dear, <clears throat> it's just the lift outside my door. <laughs> oh. Sorry for those who don't know what a lift is in South Africa. That's an elevator. An elevator. Elevator. Yeah. Yeah. An there we go. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you know, um, so I'm doing this whole series on the history of the King James Bible podcast dot com. And, uh, you know, I'm learning a lot about the words that they used at the time that, you know, we just don't use them, uh, in, in the 20th and 21st century. It, it just doesn't happen. And it is, like, it is a very, very good version of the Bible. But what you've just pointed out there is that, you know, we've got to have under, some understanding, um, uh, of the era that it came from. Or you can get carried away and get involved in things that, are not actually scriptural. They might be there in a literal sense. Let's go back to using the word touching on, like touching on these topics or which should be regarding these topics. And you can make a very big mistake, okay? However, I think it is a very, very big jump from reading how, you know, I'm going to say discarded items of Paul's, which did heal people, how you get from that thinking that you can go and... um Sell, my biggest problem is selling them if you haven't worked it out, okay? If they're right. miraculous and they work, give them to the hospitals. Right. Send them by the truckload to the hospitals to be thrown over all of the patients in the, in the hospitals. Do it. Because this guy is very rich. His ministry is worth millions. It, it'd be nothing for him to send a hundred thousand of those things to every hospital, you know, in Africa. And heal all of those people. Absolutely. That's that's my argument. And 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 this is right. the reason why, you know, I don't want anything to do with this sort of stuff because it makes Christians look stupid. It makes us look silly. And it makes us also, here's yeah. the worst part, look greedy, right? And we're just like everybody else. We're in it for the money. Yeah. I think the sad thing of all of that is that people still fall for it. And 
They must be because he keeps doing it. So as long as people are supporting this kind of nonsense, they're going to just keep on doing it. You know, I mean, if you just stop paying attention to it and stop falling for it, then hopefully these guys will have to go and find their source of income somewhere else. Can I just read one verse quickly? Sure. Uh, Revelation 3.17, because you say I am rich and I have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you do a study in the, in the church, the churches in Revelations 1 between 3, <clears throat> you'll see that Jesus addresses the churches there, the first, the first, uh, sorry, six churches as my church. When he gets to the seventh church, he he um, addresses the church as the church. Hmm. There's a few there's a few things uh, there's a few people that also says that it it um, it seems to indicate that the church the the Laodicean church might not be part of the rapture. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Chuck Missler has a good series on that. If if anybody wants to have a look into that, um, I'm no expert on that, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that explains the church of today, or the pseudo-Christian church. Right, and there does seem to be so much of this kind of pseudoness um, that it's it's almost you know I mean we are the laughing stock, and I say the pseudo that kind of thing that people are looking from the outside in. You know, I I really think that it's become the laughing stock of the world, and you can quite understand why people would want to disassociate themselves from it. You know, and they certainly can't see Christ in it. I think if we look at Jesus' example, he was so far removed from any of us. They, they, are the, they are the evangelists that preaches that he was rich. Really? Uh, he was buried in a rich man's field. Um, I actually had one girl say, say to me one day that he had his own personal ATM. <laughs> and I said to her, what are you talking about? And she said, the no. The fish in the sea. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the fish in the sea, where he got his point from. Uh, that's just ridiculous. And also the, those guys who, who ask for money for in exchange for a gift. Right. So in other words, right. you know, um, you buying a blessing or you're buying anointing or you're yes. buying your healing yes. or you're buying whatever. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the, mm. I just oh. think, wow. <laughs> what must people think of God, you know? Let's think about Facebook, uh, Facebook and social media. Yeah. Or these memes that you get on Facebook, um, type Amen and you and God will bless you. Right. Things like that. Right. That's that's not Christianity. That's that's making God your slave. Yeah. Um, who's serving you in that equation? Exactly. You type Amen and God has to bless you. That's exactly. That's, it's magic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's and and it's making it's making God your servant. Yeah. It's the other way around. And also, I mean, Crazy, what was that thing the other day? I mean, I haven't even checked to see if it was verified because I'm not sure, but there was that kind of meme thing going around about, um, was it Copeland? He was saying he wants another plane or something because, um, praying <laughs> he'd be um, closer to God or something. I can't remember exactly what the whole ridiculousness yeah, was. No, you, you can't pray and get close to God on a, on, um, on a normal plane. On a normal so plane. Has, so he has to have a private, a private jet. Right. So there we go. Another, you know, quote from the Bible, obviously. Um, so I just thought, wow. I mean, again, what must people think? You know, I mean, when they see this, can't they see how 
obviously ridiculous it is, or at least you know that it has no basis in the Word of God, has no Cop- basis whatsoever. Copeland uh, Copeland started the year uh, this year by saying, um, "This year is the year that you can get anything you want if you ask God for it." Oh my! And and I love the way uh, Trisha Tillen uh, uh, approached it. Um, I think she was the one that noted, okay, her wish is that he would go away. So she's in our Facebook group and, and she's wrote, written plenty of really good articles, um, discern, discernment <laughs> articles, if anybody's interested. Oh, I'm no. waiting for that special love gift of $50 million. And for the person who brings that to me, I will, I will, I will make sure that I talk to God directly for them. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 no, and send I, a blessing your way. Peter, Peter Popoff was was actually so good that he was he he would actually know exactly who you are, and he would send thousands of letters, personalized so-called letters, but it was printed by printer, by the way. Um, and he spent so much time just praying directly for me that evening. I don't know how the guy ever got sleep. Uh, yeah, um, and, and, and thousands of other people on the same night. That's probably like, like Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm a greenback collector. I'm a paper bill inspector. I'm a savage for that cabbage man. To me, is golden nectar. Pour that filthy lucre on me. Spread those loving germs upon me. Money, 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 money. And if they ever plant trees of I, I just thought maybe we should uh, play this little clip. It, it was actually put up years ago, and so I'm not really sure even when this was um, aired on TV, but it's just a little clip of Phil Collins um, trying to put something into Room 101. And anyone in the UK will know what that's about. But his thing was TV evangelists. And I just thought it was quite interesting because it, I, let's just say it's, it's another person's opinion and he's, you know, on the outside looking in. He also gives a really interesting kind of caution to people. And I just thought, you know, it's not often you hear this from someone who probably is an unlikely person to be kind of going, don't be so fooled. Just like what we're trying to say. Should we play that and uh, we'll say our goodbyes and play out with that, Andy? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll let you guys say goodbye. Don't forget, listeners, uh, you can find us on uh, www.lightflintradio.com. You can find all of our shows are available down there for download for free. If you want to write to us, it's best to write to me, gk at lightflintradio.com. If you have complaints, I will pass them on to Andy and Cliff and they will handle them. Oh, no. Oh, no. We lost Cliff. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll end off by saying thank you for listening, and I'm going to end off with one verse here. Okay. Act 17.11, just because I can. Um, <laughs> now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they have received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Hmm. And that's me out. So be a good Berean. Be a good Berean, yeah. And uh, just 
You got a bit of blues traveller going on there, mate. A bit of blues traveller happening in the background. <laughs> the kid's gone again. It sounded like a circus or something there. I think it's yeah, no, he's it's a say. song by Blues Traveller. That was uh, yeah, that oh, was cool. Okay. We're just saying goodbye, Cliff. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, well, good talking to y'all. It's been a while. And What's up, man? And cut. Cut. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. My guest tonight is a former child actor who went on to become one of the biggest recording artists in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Collins! Thank you for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. I wonder what it felt like to sit here. Yes, uh, and I believe you've seen the show a few times. Oh, yes. So you know what it's about. Yeah, I am. When something bothers you, does it sort of get under your skin? Does it gnaw away at you? Yeah, it does. I, I have to deal with things, actually. Mm. Do you? As I get older, kind of, you know, I'll get over it. Yes. It doesn't work anymore. Doesn't I, it? I prefer to sort of confront and get it out of the way. Right, OK. All right, well, let's have a look at your first choice, represented by this television with wings in it and a halo. What does this represent? TV evangelists. TV evangelists, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know how they get away with it, to be quite honest. Um, my, my trips to America on, on Sundays, you know, you turn on the television and it's wall-to-wall TV evangelists. Uh-huh. They're competing so, uh, against each other. Yeah, there's a guy um, called Ernest Angley. Ernest Angley, yeah. Who has now got to be in his mid-80s. Mm-hmm. And I uh, talks like this, and uh, I believe that, uh, that God came to me, and that's the sign of the cross. Jesus taught me that. <laughs> and, and, and for $100, you get your personal prayer... And he gets people to send in $100 for well, a personal prayer that obviously is not a personal prayer at all. No, no, exactly. So let's have a look at him, for those of you who ah, don't know. Let's have a look at some of him in action. Yep. If man had never given himself over to the devil in the Garden of Eden, man would have never been sick. Man was not sick until he sold out to the devil. Well, you say, preacher, have I sinned because I'm sick? No, if you're a child of God, that isn't the reason, but I know the remedy. Just like you found the remedy for your sins one day, he's also the remedy for your sicknesses and diseases, and he'll set you free. And so put your hand against mine and believe the Lord right now. If you have an afflicted child, press its little body against mine. Countless thousands have been cured this way in the United States and other nations. Lord, I bring the sick and afflicted to you. God, you're looking upon them. God, you're right there because, God, you're everywhere throughout this old earth. And, oh, God, lay a healing hand on the sick and afflicted now. Heal! 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 In the name of Jesus. (laughs) Magnificent. That is very good. He once said, this guy once said, that God looks more or less like me. <laughs> Isn't it just entertaining for us to just to laugh at? Is there any... Well, it is entertaining, but it's, it's scary that most of America go for this. Yes, you know, it's yes. hugely popular. This guy, uh, for example, has trucks. You know, like we go on tour with 12, 15 trucks. He has the same thing. It's just for his wigs. <laughs> <laughs> he does have this. He does have this. He hasn't changed. I mean, yeah. I've been watching him for 20 years. His yeah. wig has not changed. And he has this... That's a sober suit. He wears, sometimes yes. it's pink leisure suits, you know. And, and I believe it. 
And it's, it's all this. I just, I just, it's incredible, really. But I mean, there's other guys too. There's well, before we go on to the other guys, you did, you, you, you made a record, didn't you? Oh Je yeah. Jesus, he knows me. Let's have a little bit of this. Is yeah, a, I, this, I was trying to. I was basically basically on this here. character. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's have a look. <laughs> Tell the people to put their hands against yours, and I want you get me eighteen million dollars by the weekend. Touch the screen, touch the screen. You see the face on the TV screen coming at you every Sunday. See the face on the billboard. Well, that man is me. I'm the color of the magazine. There's no question why I'm smiling. That was that was a Genesis uh, track. Yeah. How did that go down in the Bible Belt in America? <laughs> not well at all, actually. Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> could they not see the funny side? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's difficult with Ernest Angel because he did see the video. Oh, did he? Apparently, someone that knew him somewhere on the line said uh, yeah. asked if he'd seen the video. And he thought it was very flattering. <laughs> 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 it wasn't meant to be sort of. It wasn't meant to be sacrilegious. It was just meant to be, listen, people, wake up to this, mm. these mm. people that are, are fleecing you. Mm. And it is fleecing. Well, you mentioned them. Let's go through a list of them here. There's a couple here. Bob Larson. There's a guy called Bob Larson. He was a TV evangelist. He said a demon had duplicated him, and if you saw him doing anything bad, it wasn't the real him. <laughs> <laughs> Man. How long did he last? You know? There's another one here. Uh, Jim Baker. Uh, yeah. He was a big one for a while, wasn't he? Yep. He said his specific calling from God was to be a television talk show host. Here he is. There's a picture of him with his wife there. Uh, when... <laughs> There's another story right there. Look at that. <laughs> that would make you doubt the existence of God. If you found God. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, when an investigation into his finances found that there was $12 million unaccounted for, he said, Satan got into my computer and stole all the money. <laughs> It's, it's sad, isn't it? It's, it's terribly sad. We've got here, TV evangelists claim to be able to heal all sorts of illnesses. And we've got a clip here. Here's a little girl called Destiny who had a potentially life-threatening condition. Pastor, this is Destiny. Destiny is three years old. When she was born, they told her mother that she had no brain. They made out the death certificate for destiny. And the mother and the grandmother said, no, we believe in miracles. Today, destiny can walk. Today, destiny can see. She can count to five. Today, for the first time, she crossed her legs. But this is the fundamental difference between us and the Americans. Yeah. We're loud laughing, we're yeah. lapping this up, but we don't believe it for a yeah, moment. Yeah, but the Americans, I mean, the Americans will say, how much do you want? Yeah. How much do you want? You know, yeah. I'll, I'll get in. Isn't that cute? Look, that, that poor child was born without a brain, and now <laughs> she can walk and look and see. She can even cross her legs. legs yeah. <laughs> if you open up the back of her head, you see two batteries will fall out. <laughs> um, well, TV evangelists, they definitely cause more harm than good in my book, so they're definitely going into room 101. In they go.